nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Didn't want heaven without So Jesus
can't stand against what a powerful name it is the name of jesus what a powerful name it is the name of jesus what a powerful name it is the name of the Lord. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, choir, Pastor Aaron. Would you give them a hand for helping us every Sunday enter into the presence of the Lord? You might not know this, but when we, when we sang his praises and we lift our hands and we worship him and we're accompanied by the stringed instruments and the drums and the cymbals and the voices raised, that is, that is the protocol of his presence. That's, that's not, I know there are people that look at that from a secular viewpoint and they say, well, that, that's not any different than going to a concert. Oh, yes, it is. That's the way God prescribed for us to approach him. And he honors that. In fact, when the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people, that is actually the term that means those, praise be, those praises being sung, lifted up, that God meets in that, God relishes. In fact, it's even the term, inhabits is even a term that means to marry. God's married to our praise. So it's so wonderful, those folks that help us Sunday after Sunday to do that. Turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 4, verses 7 through 13. Acts chapter 4, verses 7 through 13. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. That's what's on your pew. That's what will be on the overhead. And um, uh, also, uh, feel free to use whatever electronic devices that you have. We live in it. I know that we, can, we often can complain about technology and often can complain about the negative that it does, but we live in a wonderful day that the availability for God's Word not only in our lives, but across this planet has exploded because of the technology that some use for evil, but God means it for good. Amen. Acts chapter 4, verses 7 through 13. When they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Therefore, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled 
and they realized that they had been with Jesus. I want to speak to you today on the subject, what a beautiful name it is. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying that you would help us today, that you would speak to us, that the Holy Ghost of God would help us to magnify the most lovely of all names in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. The Bard of Avon, Shakespeare, put it this way, put it in the mouth of Juliet, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. I kind of like looking in baby name books and find out what some of those names mean. You've heard me tell the story through the years how that the name Cameron, which is my middle name, it's Cameron, my son's middle name, what we call him. Cameron means crooked nose. And when we found out we were having a baby uh, and found out we were having a boy, I did what all first-time expectant fathers do. I just would put my head down there close to Crystal's tummy, and I would speak to little Cameron. And for three or four months before he was born, we called him Cameron which means crooked nose. And when he was born, we had a little trouble getting here. He's a little turned trying to get here. And when he got here, his nose was over here like this right here. <laughs> and I said, oh, my goodness, we have marked him. <laughs> Named him crooked nose. His nose straightened out. His face is still crooked, but his nose is straightened out. There's a lot in, in the names and in the Bible. There's so much, so much impact when you study the names of characters and people in the Bible. Abraham was initially known as Abram, which meant exalted father, even though he couldn't have any children. And then the Lord changed his name to Abraham, which meant the father of many. Isaac was named Laughter because Sarah, when she was in her 90s, she had been barren throughout her life, but when she was in her 90s, the Lord said she was going to have a child, and she laughed. I don't know if it was more of a giggle, but she laughed, and so they named Isaac Laughter. Jacob, his name, which meant supplanter, basically he was a con man. The Lord changed his name to Israel, which means prince of God. Leah, the wife of Jacob, now Israel, she was barren, could not have children. She, the Lord heard her cry. And Leah was able to conceive. And her first son that she brought forth, she named him Reuben, which meant that the Lord has seen that I was hated. And then her second child, she named Simeon, which meant the Lord has heard my cry. And then she had another son. She named him Levi, which means to be joined. And she said, now maybe my, my husband will be joined to me. And then she had her fourth son, and she named him Judah, which means praise, because she said, now I will praise the Lord. And it was from Judah that Jesus, our Lord, descended. Samuel, as a young boy, heard God call his name, and the Lord heard the cry of his mother, Hannah, because she wanted a child, and so she named him Samuel, 
the Lord hears. David, a man after God's own heart, David's name meant beloved. Elijah, the great prophet, his name means that Yahweh is God. Elisha means that God is my salvation. Now sometimes names in the Bible are very descriptive of the character of the person. There's a little known character in scripture by the name of Nabal. And David had asked Nabal for help and Nabal refused to help David and both in his character and in his name we get the meaning of he was a fool. That's what Nabal means. Sometimes a name in scripture can be misleading. Absalom, who rebelled against his father and it ended up dying by his hair getting caught in the limbs of a tree and then being shot through with darts, Absalom's name, who was a man of war, actually meant father of peace. Sometimes we have names that have to be lived down. I remember Paul Hutchison uh, talking to me one day and he was complimenting my my dad and he was talking about his dad and I said, you know, I'm so glad that my dad and my granddad have left me a name to be lived up to instead of one to have to try to live down. And some people in the Bible had names that had to be lived down. There was a young boy that was the, the grandson of the high priest Eli. His dad had been killed in battle and when Eli heard it, he fell over, broke his neck and died. And at the same time, his daughter-in-law was given birth and she named her son Ichabod, which meant the glory of the Lord has departed. And then there was a man who was more honorable than his brothers. He said a little prayer that has become well known today. His name was Jabez, but his name meant sorrow. But he didn't let that stop him. He rose above that name with the help of God. Sometimes names are changed in Scripture. Those names can be changed for the better. There was another young man that was born. In fact, he too was a son of Jacob uh, through uh, his wife Rachel. And Rachel had uh, pain and struggled in childbirth. In fact, she actually died as a result of it. And the last thing she did was to mark the oncoming generation by naming him Ben-Oni, which meant the child of my suffering. But Jacob overheard it and said, no child of mine is going to be known as the child of my suffering, the son of suffering. I'm going to name him Ben-Yamin, Benjamin, which means the son of authority. Sometimes people change their names, and it's not for the positive. It's for the worse. They're not better. They don't get better. They get bitter. And that's exactly what happened to Naomi in the story of Ruth. Her name meant Pleasant, Sister Pleasant. But when she had gone through the death of her husband and of her sons, she became bitter, and somebody, when she went home, they said, hey, Sister Pleasant, she said, don't you call me that no more. I'm bitter. Call me Myra because the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. The children of Israel, the people of Israel, are part of a group of people known as Semitic people, Semites. In fact, sometimes you hear uh, racial prejudice against Jews known as anti-Semitism. And where that comes from is they were descendants of Noah's son, Shem. But Shem's name meant, you ready for this? Name. <laughs> That's what Shem's name meant was name. It's kind of like I think in one of John Wayne's movies he had a dog named Dog. <laughs> Shem's name meant name. And he was uh, Noah's son and that is where the people of Israel came from was through Shem. What I'm trying to tell you is God's people have always been a people of the name. 
In fact, when they referred to the name of God, they referred to it as the Hashim, the name. That name was so special that God said, I am the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, he told Moses. He said, but to none of them did I reveal my name, but I'm going to tell you, Moses, my name. In fact, Moses said, when I go to the children of Israel, who should I say sent me? What God should I say sent me? And the Lord said, you tell them that Yahweh, Jehovah, I am that I am has sent you. That's the name of God, I am. So listen, if you're hungry, he said, I am the bread of life. If you're thirsty, he said, I am the living water. If you lost, he says, I am the way. If you are deceived, he says, I am the truth. And if you are dead in your sins, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whatever you need him to be, he is. And he's not I was, and he's not I'm going to be. He dwells in the eternal now. He is always I am. I am glad to know that God never had to mature into being God. He never had to go through an adolescence. He never went through a puberty. He never had to go through an on-the-job training. He never went through an awkward stage. He's just always been I am. Never I was, always I am. Not only that, but he hadn't lost anything through the years. He's not tottering around heaven on a walker. His eye is not dim that he can't see your need. His ear's not deaf that he can't hear your cry. His arm's not bent and arthritic that he can't reach down into your life and pull you up out of the doldrums and set you on solid ground. What I'm trying to tell you is he's not I was, he's not I'm going to be, he is I am. That's what's in a name. That's what's in a name. In fact, that name, so sacred, so incommunicable was that name that when the scribes would copy uh, the scrolls of the law and they would come across the name of God, they would stop what they were doing. They'd take the quill that they'd been writing with. They'd throw that quill away. They would go and disrobe and they would take a bath and then they'd put on a fresh change of clothes and they'd go and get a fresh quill that had never been used just to write that sacred name of God. They had such a respect for that that they would substitute the word Adonai for the name Yahweh or Jehovah because they didn't think that it should even pass across human lips because it was such a sacred name of God. Today, if you go on the internet today and you pull up the writings of some Orthodox Jewish rabbi, you'll find that when they even write the word God, they'll write G-D and they won't write the entire name because they said that name is just too holy to be written. And so all of those things are that great name of God. What a name, what a beautiful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name it is. And Isaiah prophesied of the one that was sent from God. We know him as the Son of God. We also know that before he came as the Son of God, he was the Word of God. He's co-equal, co-eternal uh, with the Father. And Isaiah prophesied of that, uh, of that uh, Messiah, and here's what he had to say about him. He said, His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He said his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. There's a lot of names and a lot of titles that we use for our Lord. 
He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He's the ancient of days. He's the word made flesh. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the light of the world. He's the king of the kings and the Lord of the lords. He's the friend of sinners. He's the lover of my soul. He's our master. He's our teacher. He's our savior. And he is our Lord. Thank God for the God that we have in Jesus Christ. And in all of those wonderful names, the angel said to Joseph when he appeared and said, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that holy thing that shall be born of her is the Son of the Most Highest. And of all of those choices that he could have named him, the angel said to Joseph, And you shall call his name Jesus. The Hebrews pronounce it Yahshua. The Greeks call it Iesus. The Spanish call it Jesus. And we in English call it Jesus. But the whole thing is means this, Savior. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins. Great songwriter Dottie Rambo said it this way. The angels called him Jesus, born of a virgin. And Mary called him Jesus, but I, I call him Lord. Now, how do we respond and what do we do about this loveliest of all names? When I married Crystal, I gave her my name. Crystal is one of those rare breeds of people in the world that did not have the privilege of being born a Peavy but became one just as soon as she possibly could. And the third commandment in the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Now while I think Christians ought not to talk ugly, and, I, and it bothers me when Christians talk ugly and use profanity and coarse language and, and slang, and it sure bothers me when preachers do it, especially when they do it from the pulpit. But this is not a prohibition against profanity. And while me and my family will not sit and watch a movie that profanes over and over the name of God. Now, I don't want to put my convictions off on you, but I'm going to just tread out here a little bit and make a definitive statement. If you can sit without it bothering your conscience and hear the name of God profane over and over and over again, you might want to do some checking on yourself. Amen. And while all of that is true, that is not, in my opinion, what this commandment's about. It's not just that you won't say the name of the Lord in vain. It's that you won't take the name of the Lord in vain. Crystal married me and she took my name. And when you and I became one with Jesus, we took his name. And not just the way we speak, but the way we live, the way we act, and the way we react. The life that we live, are we taking his name in vain or are we lifting the name of Jesus higher? Now everything that we do as Christians should be done in the name of Jesus. That is the power that is in his name. Listen to what Jesus said, John 14, 13 and 14. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. 
that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In chapter 16, verse 23, starting, he says, And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. In that day, verse 26, you will ask in my name, and I do not say that I shall pray to the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed I came forth from God. Jesus invites us to pray in his name. Now, I'm going to tell you there's a lot of things that, uh, that I could complain about, certain things that happen in Washington. This is not a political, political statement, but at the last uh, inauguration that we had, there were two Pentecostal preachers that were asked to pray at the inauguration. And I listened to see whether or not they would say the words. My kids used to like to watch Barney, the purple dinosaur. I'm so glad we got delivered from that. <laughs> but Barney used to say, please and thank you, they're the magic words. Well, please and thank you may be the magic words, but in the name of Jesus are the miracle words. And when those two Pentecostal preachers got through praying, I listened to see if they'd play it safe, if they'd be politically correct, if they'd toe the party line. And both of them, I'm proud to say, said, in the name of Jesus, amen. There are people that say, I don't mind you praying as long as you don't pray in the name of Jesus. But brother, when you're praying to our God, the only prayer that gets through is the prayer that's done in the name of Jesus. He said, ask what you will, and it shall be done if you'll use my name. I don't want to embarrass him, but my brother Barry, when he first got married, he didn't have much credit. And so he wanted to buy a car. And he didn't have the credit rating to get the car. So he went to Daddy. And he said, Daddy, will you co-sign with me to get this car? And Daddy, I'm sure after giving him about an hour and a half of a lecture, said, son, I'll go. And I want to tell you, Barry didn't have the credit rating to get it done, but CT did have the credit rating to get it done. And I want you to know, I know many of you live good, godly lives, but as good as you are on the bank of heaven, your name doesn't have much credit. But if you say in the name of Jesus, I'm going to tell you Jesus has signed his name at the bottom of the check of prayer and has given us a blank check. He didn't say if you ask this or ask that or ask a certain limit. He said if you ask anything in my name, name the father will do it that's the power in the name of Jesus we pray in his name and there is power in his name Jesus said in my name they shall pick up serpents and scorpions they'll tread on them if they drink any deadly thing it'll not hurt them they'll cast out demons they'll do it all they'll speak in new tongues in my name, there is power in the name. Leroy Spivey told me the other day, told a group of us, that early in his ministry, he was going through a difficult patch financially, and they had an old car that just wouldn't keep running, and he had a, a friend of his say, how much do you think it'd take to get that car running? He said, I think about $300. And the man just wrote the check and gave him $300. And he was so grateful. Years later, they were talking about that event. 
And he said, I remember that. He said, but you know what? If you'd have needed 3,000 that day and asked me for 3,000, I could have written 3,000 as easy as I wrote 300. And of course, Leroy said I should have asked for 3,000. I'm going to tell you what, you and I live far beneath our privilege because we don't understand the doors that are open in heaven. We don't understand that we're not getting prayers answered because of our clout, our reputation, but it's in the name of Jesus and because we're in his name. I heard E.V. Hill talk about it. I know you don't agree with his politics probably, and I don't either, but E.V. Hill was talking about the fact that he went one time uh, over to the Middle East with uh, Jesse Jackson. And he said, didn't nobody know him? Everybody knew Jesse. And whenever Jesse was standing somewhere, Jesse wanted him right there by him, praying for him. And whenever uh, he would try to approach, security guards say, you can't make it through. And Jesse would say, no, he's with me. When they go to get in a limousine to go somewhere, they tried to stop him. And Jesse Jackson would say, no, he's with me. Now, I want to tell you, I don't know that much about Jesse Jackson, but I do know about Jesus Christ. And I do know that when the Satan comes against me and wants to torment me and wants to put me down, Jesus looks at him and said, leave him alone. He's with me. That's the power that we have in the name of Jesus. Give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Not only is there power in his name, but there is the proof of his name. And that's the things that we do, not simply in his name, but by his name. I don't have time to read it all to you today, but the, the uh, text that we read, Peter and John were on their way into the temple to pray. No doubt they had been uh, time and time again, they had gone into the temple they had never even noticed this man here, but now there was a lame man at the gate called Beautiful asking to receive alms of them, and, and uh, Peter Paul, uh, noticed him, Peter and John noticed him, and Peter said, look on us, and he looked expecting to receive an offering from them, alms from them, but Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee, and in the name of Jesus, Rise up and walk. And he reached down and took him by the hand. And the man had strength in his legs, went running and shouting and praising God into the temple. And the Sanhedrin gathered. And they didn't like what was going on, but the, the miracle was so popular and so undeniable, they couldn't touch Peter and John. But they demanded to know of them whose name and by what authority did you do this. And Peter, who just... Uh, a few weeks earlier had denied that he knew the Lord. Even a little girl at the fire had caused him to deny. He had cursed and sworn an oath that he didn't know the Lord. But now, after he was full of the Holy Ghost, he stood in front of the same Sanhedrin that condemned Jesus. And he said, I'll tell you whose name it was. You see this lame man standing here? That same Jesus that you crucified, God is raised from the dead. And what you see happening is by the name of the Lord. That's the proof of his name is God does great things. In fact, he went further to say that. He says he does more than just a... Uh, heal the sick. He does more than just heal the lame. Let me tell you, neither is there salvation in any other than the name of Jesus because there's no other name given among men by which you must be saved. That's the proof of his name. And then there is the things that we do for his name. 
That's the praise of his name. Let me just go through these scriptures quickly. The psalmist understood it. Psalm 23 and 3. Great, uh, uh, great uh, shepherd psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. All of those great themes. And he gets down and he says, he restores my soul. And then he says, and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God has put his reputation online by giving you his name. If you go belly up, it looks bad on God. If you go hungry, it looks bad on God. God's put his reputation on the line by saying, that's mine. They're my sheep. They're the, they're the sheep of my hand. And so what he says in Psalm 31 and 3, For thou art my rock, my fortress, therefore my, my, for thy name's sake lead me and guide me. Psalm 143 and 11, Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for the righteous sake, bring my soul out of trouble. Isaiah the prophet understood it. And Ezekiel the prophet understood it. The Lord spoke through them and talked about how he would rescue uh, the people of Israel. He said, I'll do it for my own sake. For my own sake I will do it. For how should my name be profaned and I will not give my glory to another. Ezekiel 29, but I acted for my name's sake that it should not be profaned before the Gentiles among whom they were in whose sight I made myself known to them to bring them out of the land of Egypt. In other words, here's what God was saying. You don't deserve my deliverance. You don't deserve my grace. You don't deserve my gifts. I'm not doing it because there's anything so intrinsic in you that is of value and worth that, uh, that I have to do it. But I've put my name on the line, and I'm not going to see you squandered. I'm not going to see you molested. I'm not going to let you go on from bad to worse. I'll reach down and do what I said to do because when I give you my name, I'll prove that my name is worth something and worthy of praise. If you believe his name's worthy of praise, give him a hand of praise. Amen. A group of German Christians known as the Moravians understood that. There were two of them that left Germany to go to the West Indies because they felt the call of God to be missionaries to African slaves in the West Indies. And their plan was, we'll go down there and get ourselves sold into slavery to reach the slaves. Now folks, I love you and I love people that are in the jails and in the prisons. I do. And I have gone. But it's tough enough to get Christians just to go visit somebody that's in jail or preach to somebody in jail. How many of you say, I'll gladly go and serve a seven, eight, ten year uh, prison sentence just so I can witness to the prisoners? They were willing to have themselves sold into slavery. Now, they were not allowed to do so because uh, people would not allow Caucasians to be sold into slavery, but that was their willingness. And when they sailed away, as they waved goodbye to them, their cry back to the, their families waiting on the deck, their cry was, may the lamb that was slain 
receive the reward of his suffering. They said, we're going to win souls, even though we love souls. We're not doing it just because we love souls. We're doing it because what we do is winning for the lamb that was slain the reward for his suffering. In other words, everything that we do is for the name of Jesus. So not only do we do it in the name, not only do we do it by the name, not only do, it, do we do it for the name, not only do we have the power of his name and the proof of his name and the praise of his name, but finally, it's at his name. That's the prestige of his name. The early church, I'm told, had an ancient hymn that's recorded in Scripture. Paul quoted from it in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of man, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One of these days, every knee's going to bow at the name of Jesus. Every tongue's going to confess that Jesus is Lord. One of these days, Julius Caesar going to bow and say he's Lord. One of these days, Napoleon is going to bow and say he's Lord. One of these days, Hitler, who murdered six million Jews, is going to bow at the nail-scarred feet of a Jewish carpenter and say he's Lord. One of these days, Satan himself that has deceived untold billions is going to get down on his leathery knees and confess that Jesus is Lord. The question is not whether you're going to call him Lord or not. The question is when. One of these days, you're going to do it and you're going to do it maybe out of fear. You may do it out of, of, out of uh, trepidation and judgment, but you're going to do it. But I don't want to wait until that day. I want to do it now when it makes a difference. I want to bow on my knees and say, Jesus is Lord. He's not only Lord, but he's my Lord. He's my God. Jesus is Lord. If you believe he's Lord, stand up and give him a hand clap of praise. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 There is a name I love to hear. I love to tell. It's worth. It sounds like music to my ear, the sweetest name on earth. There's a name that's dear to me, 
lifting me from misery, brought me out of sin and shame. Oh, how I love his blessed name. It gets sweeter every day. Serving Jesus really pays. Oh, how I love this man of Galilee. There's a name above all others. Wonderful to hear. Bringing hope and cheer, it's the lovely name of Jesus, evermore the same. What a lovely name. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, there's just something, sing it with me, about that name. 